Proverbs 24, 16 tonight, what happens when a Christian falls? Notice I said when. What happens when a Christian falls? Proverbs 24, 16 hit me hard. I, began, I never had really done work on it. For a just man falls seven times and riseth up again. I've quoted it a lot. Maybe misquoted it, not by saying righteous man falls seven times. The word just and righteous really can be translated equally. A just man is a lawful man, a righteous man, called a righteous man. But the Bible actually says a just man falls seven times and rises up again. Faith in Christ cleanses us from all sin, amen? And the Holy Spirit makes, us, makes his abode in us, births us, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit, begins to work immediately in us all the way to death. In fact, Jesus made an astounding statement in John 14, I believe it was 26, could be 23, where he says that the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. Forever. The Holy Spirit's going to be with us forever. Not going to leave you. And so we're, we're, we're always growing in Christ. We're growing in his image. 2 Corinthians 5.21, which is in the cards, by the way. For it hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's God's purpose for us. Romans 8.29 was also in those cards. For whom he did foreknow them, he also did predestinate to become, to be conformed to the image of his son. That's it, to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn of many brethren. First John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are now, now are we the sons of God, being born again. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, we're not what we will be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Just to be able to see the Son of God will be a privilege, but to see him as he is, phenomenal. And so we have a responsibility. We've been given a great privilege. And so a just man, this is Old Testament, Proverbs 24, 16, is, is talking about in the Old Testament, but if we translate that to the New Testament, we're talking about a born-again man, a born-again person, uh, a believer, as you may want to call them in the New Testament, trusting in Christ. You could say a uh, born-again Christian falls seven times and riseth up again, if I may do that. So I believe there's three major things we can learn from this passage to help us along the way. And three major things to learn about a fallen Christian. The first thing I see in the verse is, the just man falls seven times and riseth up again. First thing I see is the just man falls. A just man falls. Much as I hate to admit this, being born from above, with every privilege in the book, I still fail. I fail sometimes big, sometimes big. I talked about my wife this morning. She's seen me fail big. I mean, do stupid stuff, stuff I won't even confess to you because I'm ashamed of it. Most of us with my mouth, if a person's, person's words are good, his whole body, you don't have to worry about the rest, fail publicly. I have failed in front of my son terribly. On vacation was some of my worst time. You know, we'd be in the intensity of catching lobster and the whole world swirled around whether we caught lobster or not. I got it way over important, 
way bigger than it should have been. And something would happen, or they'd do something like Troy would lose a lobster. Or he'd do something, and uh, I'd go just, you know. I'd, I know you're going to have a hard time believing this, but I've had, a, I've had a real battle with anger in my life. How many here have had a battle with anger? Yeah. How many here have, battling, bad, have battled or battling fear? Yeah. We fail. Being born again does not take you away to a place of perfection. I wish it did. I wish it did. If we walk in the flesh, we will fail. The Bible says clearly, there is therefore now no condemnation to them are in Christ Jesus, right? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We're going to quote the last part of that verse. If you walk according to the Holy Spirit 24-7, you will not fall. There's the, there's the glitch right there. We don't do it. By choice, we decide not to walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the flesh, there's no good thing can come out of the flesh. The arm of the flesh, the Bible says, will fail you. You walk in it, even a Christian fail, falls, it's inevitable. Because the only by the Spirit do we stand. Romans 8, 14, 16, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of self beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. But that does not take away your choice. You still have able to choose. You're going to choose to walk in the flesh or to walk in the spirit. Moment by moment, if I may say it that way. Moment by moment. I'm amazed how short a distance there is between the spirit and the flesh. It's like micro, micro thin, you know. You can be a spiritual person, obeying the Holy Spirit, doing what he says, and the next minute, some Yankee will cut you off. <laughs> and your wife will go into the flesh. <laughs> and you'll... I told you this story over and over again. You know, as you get older, you like to tell the same stories over. And uh, I, I, was up, I was doing a noble work. I was up visiting one of our members in the hospital at 1030 at night. I was tired the whole day. It had been a long day. They went up there. It was serious. I went all the way up. It's a long way to Health Park from my house. So I go all the way to Health Park and visit these people, sing a little to them, quote some verses, love on them some. And then we, my wife went with me, and so we jumped in the truck and came back. And on the corner of 41 and Gladiolus, there's two lanes taking to and doing. There was nobody out. I mean, there was no traffic left or right. And I, I took a right. You know, I, 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 the light was, you know, two arrows, two red arrows. And I thought, well, there's nobody here. And I didn't think about it. And I just, you know, real, real slowly looked both ways. Took, and behind me, this blue light turned on. And so I pull over. I thought, what in the world would he want with me? I mean, I couldn't have been going so slow. And he gets out, and, and he uh, walks up to the window. I roll the window down. And my wife, I could tell, my wife's Irish. She's got kind of a hot temper. And she had this little toot on. Boy, I, I know the look on her face. I, I said, whatever you do, don't you say a word to him. <laughs> and... 
And uh, he, he said, you know, you get it, you know, the, you went out, took a red on red, it's illegal, you got to wait for the light. I said, I'm so sorry, I'm not familiar with this corner, I'm not up here a lot, I was at the hospital visiting people. I'm a pastor, I threw everything, I almost said I give to the police, but that would have been a lie, I don't. And uh, uh, if I'd be like the chief, I'd like 30 years of the police department, you know, i, I try, I wouldn't know. But... Uh, Anyway, he, he commences to write me up, a ticket, no mercy. And my wife says some snide remark as he's walking away from the way. And I said, he heard that. He heard that. And he's going to write me a ticket. I wanted a warning, right? He wrote me a $184 ticket. And then I went to school for four hours so I didn't get points on my license. That little remark of hers cost me. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> but we can fall at any moment. Just boom, boom. You do your mouth, especially with your lips. You can sin, but you can also sin with your eyes. Quick. You can fall. So what we learn from this passage that the just man falls. He falls. And we also learn that he falls repetitively. Not just one time. Seven times. I think seven times is a statement of repetition. More than, an, more than seven times. I believe it's an, a statement, it's a figure of speech. It's a statement of repetition. <clears throat> Reminds me when Peter said, how many times we've got to forgive our brother? Seven times. Well, you know, I mean, that's just, that's not the number he's talking about. It's just not a lot. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. Well, that's like infinity, right? I mean, just keep forgiving. He repents, forgive. He repents, forgive. He repents, forgive. He repents, forgive. <clears throat> and I know that's hard to do because sometimes we get upset with people. And we say, now, I want you, you know, but God's forgiven us a lot. And he's the one that makes the rules. So we have, a, we have, a, we have provision all over the New Testament for fallen. I'm talking about born-again people fallen. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from us from us from all unrighteousness. John, the apostle, is born again, obviously. He's being under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit writing a book, and he's talking about born-again people in the first chapter there. And so he's talking about us confessing our sins. Now, what is that? That's, being, that's getting your feet washed every day. Peter said, uh, 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 you know, I don't want you to wash my feet. And he says, well, if you don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And he said, so he said well, wash my whole body. He said, no, I don't need to wash your whole body. You know, you're, 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 you're generally. In other words, I believe we get dirty by walking through a day. We get unresolved things go on. We get little outbursts like I talked about. Or we get little things that we see that we really think, not, we think something shouldn't be thought about. Or maybe we don't treat, or maybe we just simply are moved to tell somebody about Jesus, but we are ashamed of Jesus we don't want to embarrass, get embarrassed, so we don't do it. It can be stuff like that. It's not smoking, drinking, cussing, acting ugly, getting drunk, snorting cocaine, and, and doing meth. As a born-again believer, we hope that that's not it. But it's a more of a subtle, but it is a heart area where we sin. But it could even be bigger, and you know it is. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another, tender-hearted. How are we supposed to be to each other? Tender-hearted. What's tender? You know tender? You know tender, don't you? We had a cat. His name was uh, Charlie. 
I was talking to my wife today about Charlie. I don't have, I don't like cats. I don't have cats, but Charlie showed up after, after Charlie, the hurricane Charlie, there was a little kitten showed up at our house. And I said, now, if you feed him, he'll be ours. And I don't really want to do that. Well, I can't. I let him starve. So she started feeding him. And Charlie was unbelievable. It was a miraculous cat. It was a feral cat. But it was uh, uh, the nicest, most intelligent. I never knew cats would come to you if you called them. But Charlie, if you said, Charlie, come here, he'd come to you and jump on your lap. I didn't know cats did that. I saw it in Key West, but I never saw it anywhere else. And uh, Charlie comes to you like a dog. Well, man's best friend's a dog, so if they, you know, it comes like a dog, a man alive. So I like, but Charlie, in the morning we get out just at dawn, we sit in our little two seats there and kind of observe life and think about life coming to us that day. And so Charlie would, would be at, the, he was an outside cat, so he'd be at the front door. And so we'd open the screen door, let him in, and he'd run right over to Kathy and jump in her lap. And Kathy, you know, would take her, her fingernails and, and, and Charlie was, he was tender. He was soft. So she did, she's head, and boy, if your cat could smile, he'd smile. And you know, I began to get jealous. <laughs> I, I said, you know, you've never itched my head like that. She said, you don't purr. I said, I will. She said, you're not soft. Well, I can't, I can't change that. Tender, you know tender. I got a gift. For the woman who has everything, which I'm talking about my wife, I got her a gift. My, I called my daughter-in-law, and I said, what could I possibly get, Kathy, that she would ever want or use? She says, whatever it is, make sure it's soft. So I went to Bass Pro. <laughs> and I said, I went to a woman at Bass Pro, and I said, what's the softest blanket you got in the store? She said, oh. We have a soft blanket. Oh, I want to get one for myself. So she took me over to this blanket, and it, like your hand melts in it, you know. It's just like, it's like too soft, almost too soft to be believed. And so I said, I'll take it, and I took it and gave her that. And this afternoon, she was cuddled up in that, that soft blanket, tender. You know tender. You're supposed to be tender-hearted. Tender-hearted towards those who fall. Not vindictive. Not over judgment. There's reason why God wants us to be that way. He says here, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. There it is right there, the closer. How much has Jesus forgiven you? Now, you don't even know. I don't think I know what God's forgiven me. It's too big, too wide, too deep too long. I don't know. He's just forgiven me so much, so deep, so wide, that honestly, there's no possibility for me to have any reason not to forgive somebody or not to be tender towards somebody, tender-hearted towards somebody. You're not justifying the sin. You hate the sin, but you are to be tender-hearted and forgiving towards a repentant sinner. Now, a rebellious person doesn't want to repent. That's a different world. Peter fell repetitively. I'll not deny it, though all the rest of these bums do. Jesus said, oh, it's going to be worse than that. Before the cock crows thrice, you'll deny me twice. And he did. The Bible says, oh, big old Peter, big old tough fisherman Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
bitterly because he had betrayed his master. Uh, Paul rebuked Peter about his behavior. This is after the ascension. Galatians 2, 1, 2, 11 through 13, he says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I was stood him to his face because he was to be blamed. He fell. He fell. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when there were come, he when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them that were of the circumcision. So the Jews, uh, the saved Jews, saved Jews came, and he wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore because they had condemned him because, you know, Jews, Gentiles didn't eat together. It was a hangover from the law. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him. So when Peter fell, he, he pulled a bunch of the mothers with him insomuch that Barnabas, the son of encouragement, also was carried away with their dissimulation. Sin. It was sin. Some of the most ruthless Christians I've ever met supposedly have not failed in their Christian walk. Or if I may say, they just simply have not recognized they failed. They call that self-righteous. Who were some of the worst people Jesus faced in the New Testament were a self-righteous Pharisee, a self-righteous scribe, a self-righteous lawyer. That They felt that they were impeccable and had kept it perfectly. They were merciless judges, but yet really they had fallen. But listen to what God says about the forgiven, the redeemed, the person or a person judging harshly one another. If you want to turn to this, find James chapter 2, verse 13, because it's, it's a critical verse to memorize. I memorized it years ago. I memorized it, forgot it, memorized it, forgot it, memorized it, forgot it. That's a process of life. For he shall have judgment without mercy. What? He shall have judgment without mercy that showed no mercy. Mercy rejoiceth against judgment. That applies to you and me. In essence, Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit is saying, in the degree you give mercy will also be that same degree you receive the mercy. He also is saying, in the same degree you don't give the mercy, it's the same degree you're not going to get mercy. Is that not what it says? For he will have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. You know, you know, God in the Bible brags about his mercifulness. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. He brags about it, if you want to say that. If I want to say that, I suppose. He talks a lot about his mercy. He's the God of all mercy. Uh, he's the God of all comfort. He's a, he likes to talk about his mercy. It would make sense that his people that have been redeemed by his blood would be known for their mercy. Not easy on sin. Not compromised on sin. Absolutely not. Hate sin. But merciful to those who repent. Or to those who fall and want to get back up. Romans 2.1 Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgeth. For when, that, when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest or doest the same things. A brother falls to adultery or fornication. We've had it. 
It's horrible. And not, shouldn't even be, the Bible says not even once named among you. But when a brother and sister in Christ falls to that and repents, we, who have maybe not fallen in an exact sin they are, have fallen, are to restore such an one. How? Look into ourselves, lest we also be tempted. Also remembering how we've sinned, maybe in other areas, but nevertheless we have sinned and been forgiven by the blood of Christ. Galatians 6.1, For brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. The word fault also means sin. Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness. What is it being spiritual? It means you're being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The considering thyself is because you have sinned also. And if I may say, possibly even in the same area, internally. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But if I ask the question, how many men in this room have ever in some way or another lusted after a woman that's not your wife, I'm going to say we'd have a really thorough raising of the hands if everybody was honest. Well, Jesus said, if you look on a woman that lusts after her in your heart, you have what? You committed adultery. Jesus said, if you hate somebody, you've committed, that's, that's what murder is about. The only difference between you and, you and them is that there's people who think about it and carry it out, and maybe you just thought about it and didn't carry it out, right? But the sin starts in the heart, amen? So none of us are going to go around here and, and play somehow or another like we're, ooh, we're some super saint, we're white, we're, because Jesus will call you what he called the Pharisees, a whitewashed sepulcher full of dead men's bones. So we learn from Proverbs 24, 16, first that Christians fall, and that Christians fall repetitively. But here's, a, here's the last thing we learn. When they fall, they get back up. When they fall, they get back up. The just man falls seven times and does what? Rises up again by the grace of God. I'm not, I know that your reputation is, would never be the same, not necessarily to those, who, to those who knew it or saw it. Maybe their foundation has moved some. Maybe they've been disqualified from particular positions in the church. And there are short-term consequences for sins that we do, whether they be internal or external. But with repentance... With honest repentance and restoration, even a reputation can be restored through time. God will heal the wound. So the just falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. Don't you let the devil tell you that you're useless because you've sinned. You go to God and confess it as wicked sin. Don't call it a mistake. Call it what the Bible calls it. You know, you don't have to call your sin any more than what God calls it or any less than what God calls it. If he says you committed adultery, you committed adultery. If he says you committed fornication, you committed fornication. You don't have to call it more or less. But you need to call it what he calls it. And if you agree with God and call it what it is, you lied, you stole, you cheated, you did whatever, and you call it what it is and say, Jesus, I denounce that by the grace of God. I denounce it. 
then the Bible says you can be forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you. Now, there's consequences. Sure, there are. Sure, there are. But you will rise up again. Romans 14, 4 says, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. We've had it here at this church. We've had leadership fall. Horrible. Gut-wrenching. Painful. But they repented. And by the grace of God, through a period of time, God, and, and, and if I may say mercy, and have been a tender heart, they, were, they have been restored. What a victory that is over the, over the kingdom of darkness. What a victory that is when they can, go, they can be restored into the things of God and, and he'll use them for his grace and by his grace. Wow. I believe God can do great and mighty things in spite of sin. Do you believe it's true? Kathy and I started terrible, wickedly, immorally. We were first starting out and, and we repented of it. And honestly repented before God. And God was willing to restore us and willing to use us again and willing to uh, even put us in a place as, as such as this. And it's been amazing to me, the, the mercy of God. So what does that make me? It makes me, makes me grateful. So because I've been forgiven, I'm also Grateful for that forgiveness, and I'm also willing to give mercy to those who've also fallen and had trouble. I hate to see it when the devil himself or his 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 uh, his people, uh, the naysayers, want to come around and defeat you, and they want to take somebody that's fallen and and rub them into the ground, rub them into the ground. Now we don't patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. We don't go light on sin. Sin's wicked and violence. What put Jesus on the cross? But when somebody says that they've repented and it's honest and real, brother, you and I are the first ones in line saying, we forgive you, brother. Let's go. Let's get this thing. Let's go. Let's get up. Get up. Get up. Don't let the devil tell you you're secondhand goods, spoiled, beyond use. Humble yourself before God. Admit your sin. Turn back to God. I think there's some other people in the Bible that did. How about the prodigal son? The father, the Bible says, was looking for him every day to come back. That's God's attitude towards uh, his, one of his children that are in sin. He's looking for you to come back. He's looking for you to turn back. He's looking for He's looking down the road. Is that my son? Is that him? No. How many days the old, the old boy go to the road and went like this? Where's my boy? Jesus died for you. He gave his blood for you. He loves you. He's looking for you to come back. How about the one, ten lepers were cleansed of their leprosy and only one come back. Only one come back. The woman at the well. Now, yeah, I'm going to tell you truthfully, there aren't many Baptists would, be, would give her much hope. She had five husbands. Five Five, how many? Five. And she didn't learn enough from those five. She was living with a guy. 
He said, the man you're with now is not your husband. That means she's living with him. So she had five husbands living with him, and she gets to talk to Jesus. He stops to talk to her. Who's this? Who, what are you doing talking to this Samaritan woman? I think of Mary Magdalene. Mary of Magdalene is what her name is. Mary of Magdalene is a city by the Sea of Galilee. And, and Mary, the Bible said she had seven demons, not one, not two. I've met some folk, I've met some girls with two, one or two, but I've never met a seven demon woman, I think of. I think a seven demon woman, you better just run the other way. Seven demons. First person at the sepulcher. Mary Magdalene, what's it proved? Whom much is forgiven, loves much. Some of your best servants for Christ are those who've been seven demon. All I can say tonight is if you've, if you've fallen, repent of it. Go to God in honest sincerity and repent. He'll forgive you. The people of God want to restore you and rise up. Rise up, old man of God. Rise up. And God himself can cause you to stand. For the just man falls seven times and riseth up again. Father, help us tonight. May your Holy Spirit come and touch. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.